Welcome back, everyone, to MX Asian American. Today we have Jenkin. Uh, you want to introduce yourself first? Yeah. Hey, everyone. My name is Jenkin. Uh, I love gaming, business, and I guess all things furniture. After <laughs> spending seven years in furniture, uh, I fortunately have become the co-founder of Need Furniture. Awesome. Um, just to start, could you tell us a little bit about um, where and how you grew up? Um, how was like young Jenkin like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I grew up in Canada, so I was really fortunate that my parents decided to go to Canada and chose that as their place to raise us. Um, and growing up in Canada was really interesting because it's so multicultural, you know, it's just this melting pot of so many people from so many different backgrounds. And the really interesting thing about Vancouver, which is where I was from, and more specifically Richmond, which was a suburb, mm. um, yeah. Asians far outnumbered uh, anybody else. Yeah, it was just a, a huge concentration of Asians, and you could actually get by without speaking any English at all. So mm. there's this really funny thing that I remember uh, calling into this small local government office department, and uh, I still remember that it was press two for English, not press one for English. Wow, so, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was that was something that was really interesting there. So. Um, other than that, it's pretty typical upbringing, I would say, you know, getting up to no good, going to school, getting <laughs> friends, riding bikes, getting ice cream, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, did you have any idea what you wanted to do, like heading into high school or like into college? No, absolutely not. I mean, uh, I had no idea. I mean, at, at 12 years old, you're, back then, I guess, I guess the, the kids these days are a little bit crazier, right? <laughs> They, they kind of know they want to be a doctor right from day one, but uh -huh. I had no idea. So when I went to high school, I was still finding my way around. And then when it was grade 10, so in Canada, it goes up to grade 12 and then you go off to university. But in grade 10, I told my mom, hey, I'm not, I'm not, going, to, I'm not going to go to university. And I guess she knew me. She's like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Mm. Just kind of go get some sort of certificate or whatever. But then I guess when it came time for grade 12 or grade 11 grade 12 then i started to really understand that hey if i don't go to university it's going to be really tough for me so uh, mm -hmm. i think i better shape up and, and find something to get into mm -hmm. so you did end up going to university mm -hmm. yeah 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 absolutely so i i um i ended up going to um studying business at uh the university of british columbia so again, my, my life's just been really fortunate. You know, I was really lucky that um, our local big university was actually a really well-known university and it was had a really strong business program at the same time. So um, I got in, got into first, got in their first year and then I had a great time, but um, I really couldn't get into the programs that I wanted because I didn't really study that hard. So I ended up um, uh, going into real estate finance and development. Um, and then uh, I really should have just chosen marketing, um, but my advisors told me to try out real estate development and finance because um, I couldn't get into finance. So I was like, okay, yeah, sure. And then accounting was a little bit too boring. So kind of started down that path. Interesting. Um, so then after college or nearing your senior year, um, did you have anything lined up? Um, I had nothing lined up um, because I was busy working on this startup. So it was another startup and it was this uh, magazine on street culture. So that was, um, uh, I, I, I co-founded that with my, my, my friend and partner. 
probably maybe in third year, sometimes second year or third year. I can't really remember. Mm-hmm. But around that time, you know, we, we really started to, um, you know, interview a lot of uh, people in street culture and the local scene, uh, try to understand their stories um, and, and, and just basically tell their stories. Right. Um, and then we kind of grew that to a pretty decent size. And we got to Toronto and Montreal as well. And we had a lot of readers um, and it was a really great experience. So after after graduation, I just continued working on that for, mm-hmm. for, for a little bit um, mm-hmm. before I started working full time. OK, I w- I'm really interested in like what um, influenced you to start that magazine. Um, that magazine was um, just something that we transformed. So my partner had already um, uh, had this website and it was more of a forum. So uh, I kind of joined on and mm-hmm. then it really wasn't a place where we wanted to, to go or, or continue to be. And so we, we started to think about like, what are some things that could be told here or how could we turn this into something else that's more you know engaging rather than requiring people to post up their stories or, or add their things. And that forum got toxic really quickly, as you know, without any kind of content moderation, yeah. trolls started to yeah. come in. So it was it just wasn't uh, going down a, the right path. So mm-hmm. we kind of uh, took a spin and started to uh, think about, hey, what about local talent, right? Local talent, local mm-hmm. up-and-comers, uh, some really amazing talent there. And the concept kind of took off because at that time, there wasn't that many digital magazines. Um, this was quite a number of years ago. Um, and the, the way that we brought that content up with really amazing photography kind of set us apart. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I also love how you like got the community involved and stuff. Um, was it kind of like you went out into the streets yourself and then like talked to people? Yeah, we would, we, we did a lot of internet searches to find out, you know, um, who's making some noise or, where the events were or, or, or where the shows were and just trying to find the talent there. Mm-hmm. And then once we got a few foots in the door, then we were able to make a lot of connections. Um, and then people started to reach out to us uh, wanting to be interviewed as well. Um, we had some loyal fans actually, um, and, and some people who were just really wanted to be interviewed. And we were very happy to give them a voice because they're so talented, right? Uh, we, were, we were lucky to have that conversation with them. So. Um, some amazing people, some some people have gone on to become famous. So mm-hmm. that's that's a really um, you know it's, it's it's humbling to be able to tell their story. Yeah. Um, so then after university, you were doing that for a bit. When did you start like pivoting or like have this other idea um, to do something else? Yeah. So after after university and working a little bit on that uh, on that project, um, I decided to move abroad. And, and live around the world. Um, and when I was in Hong Kong, I, I got got exposed to um, this kind of product manager role. Um, and it was just kind of this amazing role that you could build products or, or tell the company, hey, this is kind of where you want it, where we should be investing in to build. And these are the product lines and all that kind of stuff. That was really rewarding. And uh, I, I jumped on that opportunity as fast and as much as I possibly could. And luckily, that was with a company that was the world leader in furniture, office furniture. And so that's kind of where I started my furniture journey. And my partner uh, on, on Need Furniture is actually also uh, um, uh, joined up at Steelcase as well. Uh, that was a company that we both worked at. 
And so um, the both of us just worked there for a very long period of time and became kind of, of quote-unquote experts in, in furniture, uh, as much as one can be. Um, <laughs> me on the product side and then him on the, on the marketing side. So this was, you know, really valuable experience. And after a little bit of time, uh, we, we actually ended up spending both like seven or eight years each in, 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 in furniture. And we kind of said to ourselves, hey, you know what? There's, there's actually still a lot that's, you know, unaddressed in the marketplace. You know, there's there's still a lot of pain points, uh, especially with small and medium-sized businesses that just aren't being addressed by companies like IKEA or companies like Steelcase or so on. Um, there was this kind of middle segment that small and medium-sized businesses were really looking for that care and attention to be able to create the spaces that they want. Mm. without the scale that they actually um that they require to get to the prices that they uh, could afford mm-hmm. um so i'm curious um how did you leave um the your previous um magazine project like did you give it off pass it on to someone else or like was it just um stopped altogether it was just stopped altogether. So the, the archives of the magazine itself was still on, on, on online. We kept those servers up for a number of years, actually. And it wasn't until recently that we decided to turn that all off. So um, after a little bit of time, we just said, hey, you know, it's, it's time to call it quits on this. And we stopped producing any more issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just left it on archive mode. And then everything was accessible. Um, and then one day we just said, hey, you know what? Thank you very much, everyone. Um, you know, it's time to close this chapter for our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's really hard, I think, for some people to move on from projects. Um, so I think like your foresight to um, move on um, is really valuable too. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's foresight. I mean, we, we kind of stuck with it you know, like naively for four or five years mm-hmm. um, kind of, and we tried to revive it and, and do something else with it. But um, in the end, it was, it was definitely time. And we just said, Hey, you know what? It's kind of closest. Yeah. Um, so then you go into the furniture industry and then um, yeah. stick it out there for many, many years. Um, what was kind of the spark um, that that want, that made you want to start your own um, business? Um, I guess, you know, if, if you're ever really good at something um, and you have a lot of experience or you, you have a curiosity for that and you have that kind of entrepreneurial spirit, um, then you should be doing it for yourself, right? Entrepreneurship isn't for everybody, but if you know that you're good at something and you're okay with a little bit of risk, you should definitely do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people feel that they, they they can't do it or maybe that it's too difficult or it's already been done. I think what's most important is to get out the door and, and, and get something out there and then continue to iterate on it, right? I mean, nothing's going to be perfect from day one and you're not going to find your killer application from day one, right? Mm-hmm. These things take time to iterate. But you need data and you need to experiment in order to be able to learn what works and what doesn't and what the market needs and how to adjust. So getting out the door is so valuable. And and uh, I guess for us, it was just something that we needed to do. 
Yeah, and I love how like um, you identified already like a market segment um, that you thought needed this, um, right? The kind of the middle segment where lots of other furniture companies were like overlooking. Um, so then was it really like, not smooth but like um easy for you and your partner um to come together and work on this business um were they like on board like from the start yeah absolutely so I, I think it was my partner that was bugging me more than than than, than me bugging him about this actually <laughs> so you know he, he always said that hey you know there's a there's an idea here there's an unmet need unmet segment so we should we should do something with it and you know we, we we came back and forth back and forth and circled around this topic for a while maybe maybe a year or two actually and we um we we, we finally understood that hey you know what this is something that we need to do mm-hmm. and I, i'm really blessed that he's a really great partner and it's amazing that he has a skill set in you know marketing digital marketing branding I have a skill set in product, and we both have a common domain of furniture that's making all of this work. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> really love the name. Um, so, I'm curious <laughs> how you came up with the name. Yeah, thanks. Thank you very much. Yeah, it, it, it kind of just sparked, right? Um, we knew that we needed to make the space feel great, right? Like the because we deal in in office space um, or, or or kind of just the space itself, right? But we know that in order to make this a possibility, it's actually the coming together of a lot of different ingredients. Mm-hmm. So no single piece is going to make a difference, but mm-hmm. it's kind of how they all work that creates that great feeling. And so as we kind of started to throw some names around, the moment that we threw need out, uh, it kind of just really stuck with all of us. So um, it was something that, you know, how, how can you take some ingredients and put them together and kind of you know molded into something that that is bigger than the original so we knew that with need we can achieve a lot of different things and, and we're starting with the office space yep yeah um and of course the pun too <laughs> um <laughs> that so, actually wasn't the intention um, oh okay it's just, pure, it just purely Bonus. Uh, i don't think I, I i actually i swear that um when we're looking for uh suppliers uh warehouse suppliers it was um, some somebody said, "Hey, I love that 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 pun." I'm like, "Oh, okay." And it never really <laughs> clicked with me uh, because we were really thinking about just how the, the ingredients come together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what would you say the mission of Need Furniture is? Yeah, our mission is to make spaces feel great, um, and obviously. We can work in a lot of different spaces so it could be you know living space or it can be working space but because of our expertise in the expert uh, in the office space uh we're choosing that to, to start off with but in order to make a space feel great there's actually a lot of different aspects that need to come together right how's the design language how does it contribute to well-being how accessible is it so these are all kinds of aspects that need sets up to tackle mm-hmm. Um, and I know you launched, um, need during like kind of the height of COVID. Um, how do you think that has affected, um, the business? It was terrible. I gotta say, oh man, you know, if we started this out of, outside of COVID or without COVID, it would have been so much faster, so much easier. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you imagine shipping samples back and forth, you know, saying this works, this doesn't, and 
you know, just that shipping time alone is, is crazy. Yeah. You can do so much over Zoom, but I think that the power of being together and uh, seeing everything in life or being there in person trumps any kind of Zoom call, right? I mean, if you and I were in, doing this interview in person, you know, uh, there's so much more, so much en- more energy that you can lean off of each other, right? Yeah. I always think that like one day of, or one day in the office is probably about a week or two of Zoom. So um, that was the beginning of the struggles. Um, and then uh, our cost base just surged significantly due to all the shipping costs. Mm-hmm. So everything's backed up in China. Everything was backed up in America. Everything was just backed up and get trying to get priority as the tiniest startup ever was the most difficult thing ever. And um, we had to pay uh, astronomical amounts for a container. What used to be maybe, I don't know, 1500 or $2,000 for a container, all of a sudden started costing $20,000 oh or $25,000. So uh, it was just really insane um, having to deal with all of that and, and, and work out the unit economics. And then um, Need originally was designed to serve uh, small and medium-sized uh, businesses. Mm-hmm. But when nobody was going into the office, we had to make a very quick and aggressive um, shift, right? So luckily our products go well with the demand at the time, which was everybody wanting to create their own office space in their yep. own homes. Mm-hmm. We're very blessed for, for, for us being able to make that pivot. Um, but you know, as we're kind of coming out of COVID now or fingers crossed coming out of COVID, um, we see a lot of more people returning to the office and hopefully we'll be able to balance both aspects um, uh, and be able to serve both the um, business needs and also the individual needs. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, like um, your main target audience um, was not in the office during this time. Um, and then you mm-hmm. just pivoted really quickly um, because people wanted to set up their own office spaces at home. Um, have you guys thought of um, expanding a little bit um, to include some off- some home um, type furniture too? Yeah, I think um, a lot of strategy is where to play and how to win, right? Um, and as a very small startup, our where to play is going to be clearly on the office furniture space. Um, we need to make sure that we can win there first um, before we, we we start to expand and, and go into different types of verticals. Um, our how to win is to continue to outserve small and medium-sized businesses and make sure that they're served with great customer experience, um, products that look and feel great, that cater to the well-being, and most of all, are just so accessible um, that that just makes sense. Um, Beyond that, I guess, uh, other ways of expansion that we're looking at is, of course, building out our product lines and product offering. Um, But we're starting to think about some more meta topics. For example, um, how can we, you know, kind of extend that experience of a space after you leave it? So, I mean, if you think about a space, people enter, they interact with the physical products um, and there's nothing there to help with concepts like information persistency. Like how do you recall the information that you know you were um, working on when you entered that room or how do you mm-hmm. carry it forward to another room? Mm-hmm. So obviously that kind of starts to bleed into some, some tech solutions um, that we can hopefully build out. Yeah. In addition to that, yeah, we, we always want to maintain that we're here to serve small and medium-sized businesses um, and we really want to build out the tools 
um, so that they can create the spaces and manage their spaces um, without requiring such a heavy budget. Um, a lot of times office spaces are created by um, outstanding designers and architects, um, but access to that may be a little bit limited for a five or 10 person office or 25 person office, for example. Yeah, exactly. Um, what you talked about, the metaphysics of a space uh, got me really- well, Not metaphysics. No, no, not metaphysics. Just like the meta space of it, you know, the, the, you know. Yeah, 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 meta. Meta, meta space yeah um yeah. sorry about that um no worries <laughs> i'll be really interested um and no it philosophy is very... today. <laughs> huh no philosophy today no. <laughs> um it, it it's just so interesting to think about it so metally <laughs> it's probably not a word yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah how like um people take their spaces with them and experiences of spaces with them um so i'm really excited for that um part of your future for the for the business's future um thank you yeah it's a, it's a yeah yeah it's a behag right so big hairy audacious goal uh, <laughs> whether we achieve it or not that's a different story but uh, i think you need to have some sort of ambition there to, to, to strive towards like a vision as well mm -hmm. um and that's kind of one of the benefits of having worked in one of the one of the largest office furniture companies in the world is that they just invest so much time and energy into research and um, dreaming about what some of those kind of um, uh, future states may be. Um, and that training has kind of uh, allowed us to kind of you know apply that to on smaller scale um, to our market. Uh huh. Um... So your business, um, if I remember correctly, uh, need is primarily e-commerce. Yeah, we've, have... we've been blessed with a great platform, which is Shopify. Yep. Um, I think Shopify is powering so many small businesses around the world. Um, and and uh, an extension of that is, is Facebook and Instagram. You know, like they, they, they help support so many small businesses. Same with Google, right? Yep. Um, without these kind of tools that they've given us, you know, it would have been infinitely harder to be able to start up a business and find a market to sell to. Um, and, and Shopify is just such an amazing platform. Uh, it's so easy to, to, to customize things on there and manage your products, um, uh, understand your customers a little bit more. So for anybody that's starting their own business, whether you sell physical products or not, Shopify is still a great option to, to consider. I don't work for Shopify. I just <laughs> really grateful <laughs> for the products. <laughs> um, thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm wondering if uh, you guys um, will ever think about expanding or like pitching to retailers to have um, your products be in their stores. Uh, we definitely did consider that. Um, but one of the problems with dealers and retailers is that it's going to eat into your customer acquisition costs, right? So you're transferring some ad spend over to margin cut on, on the product. And a lot of times retailers may just put their, put our products on uh, off to the side and, and allow, you know, um, allow people to produce on their own. And then if they need help, then there's a really less than knowledgeable salesperson to, to kind of give you that kind of service, right? So mm -hmm. we feel that our, our sales channel, which is our online store, um, allows for a richer experience because all the information is there and the live chat is always available. Um, and, and there's so much content that's readily at their fingertips. 
but if you need that service, we're, we're right, right there um, with you. So we want to maintain this direct sales channel as, as long as possible, but we know that there's probably going to start limiting um, um, growth um, opportunities we may like, you know, um, top out, right? So uh, in the future, a, a retailer may be a, a growth lever for us, um, but at the time being, no. Yeah, I think um, a theme that I have sensed is um, you guys are very careful with um, growth and expansion and like managing the business um, to like not jump towards like expansion or um, anything like that too wildly. Um, I'd say it's like very smart, deliberate thinking. Um, and yeah, I probably comes from your years of experience too. And also like you two working together. Yeah. Um, a lot of it, a lot of it also is just, um, you need to win at, you know, your, your, your first kind of arena, right? Like your, your first where to play arena. Um, and that's, that's really important because if you kind of expand too quickly, then your, your focus um, and ability to, execute on a strategy is going to be really diminished. So mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we can survive, um, especially in this climate right now. Yep. Um, and then we can also win and continue to deliver value to, to our customers. Mm-hmm. Coming up on the next um, last question. Um, what I, I know I asked already about lots of things, but um, maybe like near future plans for need uh, yeah, near 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 future. Um, we can't plan too long because the market is just changing so quickly. Yep. Um, but but we're really wanting to um, beef up our offering. We want to continue to offer more ways to to serve our users. Um, so that if that includes more finishes, different types of products uh, for different types of applications, right? To make sure that that we can um, kind of serve our small and medium sized businesses because the the, the product mix, admittedly has been more tailored towards uh, individuals at home, mm-hmm. um, especially given that pivot. So as we start to expand our offering to better serve offices um, and, and and I guess space creation in the office, um, that's gonna be a key focus for us. Mm. At the same time, we wanna build out those tools so that small and medium-sized businesses can not worry too much about their office space, but have it still look and feel amazing. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much, Jenkin, um, for coming on the show. Um, where can listeners find you online if they want to connect? Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on the show. It's uh, really great talking to you about this. Um, your listeners can find us on uh, Instagram. So that's uh, Need Furniture, K-N-E-A-D, Furniture, all one word. And then our website is www.needfurniture.com. Awesome. And I'll also link um, everything in the show notes. Um, Thank you again, Jenkin. Amazing. Thanks so much.